Hey there, it's Bailey Hancock, career happiness strategist, creator of The One Year Career, and your host of The Bailey Hancock Show, a podcast that helps people figure out how to make big career moves with small steps. Navigating your career doesn't have to suck. I'm here to help you learn to love the process. Hey guys, welcome back to The Bailey Hancock Show. Today I have on an author who has written a book that I feel like was written directly for me, which is always a nice thing. Um, we have Donna James. She's a nutritionist therapist, nutrition therapist and author of The Archetype Diet, Reclaim Your Self-Worth and Change the Shape of Your Body. You know, just the light topics. <laughs> so Donna, welcome to the party. Bailey, thank you so much for having me on. And yes, just light topics, everything that we actually want to know about. All right. Um, the mind and how to, how to improve the physical body if that's something that we're looking for. Which I'm, I'm not sure I know a single person that isn't. So <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I love personality tests and things like that. And so when I came across your book, I was like, well, you just said one of my favorite words, archetype, because we all love categorizing ourselves and, you know, putting ourselves in to some sort of category that looks and feels similar um, and self-identifying as such. And we're going to get into the book in just a little bit because I, I'm guessing um, that the majority of the women listening right now are the same type that I am just based on knowing us and our ambition. But before we get too far down the archetype diet rabbit hole, I always like to ask, what did little Donna want to be when she grew up? Oh my goodness. What did I want to do when I grew up? Um, I think that's, that, that's sort of different to where I ended up. Well, it usually is to be fair. <laughs> so, so, you know, when I was a child, I wanted to be a teacher simply because that's what I was surrounded by. And that's mm -hmm. what my mother is too. And my father um, said to me, don't waste your brains. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that sad though? <laughs> and, and, but I'm very glad that he did. So, so I, um, I'm really glad that he did. So I, I took a different direction and it was about the age of 15. And I was like, well, do I want to be in fashion or do I want to be in finance? Oh. Two very opposing careers. I just, I had this passion for, for uh, fashion and I used to draw and design all the time, have clothes made up for myself. And then there was the other financial, there was the finance side, you know, because this was sort of the early nineties. Mm. Gosh, no, I must have even been younger than that. So it was probably like late eighties. You know, the, you know, the Wall Street era. <laughs> and that's a cool thing to do. I, mean, I ended up going down the, the finance pathway mm -hmm. and, and um, studied uh, economics and finance and then worked in the corporate world um, in entertainment. And I very much enjoyed it, but I just, there was a, a, a calling beyond that. Mm -hmm. And I actually took nine months off to travel the world uh, when I was 26 to just just expose myself to more things. I'm also Australian, and we have that. We feel like that we have this as rite of passage that that we're supposed to travel the world, and we need to do it sometime between 18 and, and, and our 30s. And um, I eventually landed in London and uh, thought about going back to school to become a dermatologist. Oh, there's, so there's another thing. <laughs> So, because at that point, I was very fascinated in how food influenced the skin. Mm. Dr. Perricone had just come out with his book on um, um, inflammation and, and skin. And so inflammation was a very new topic and I was fascinated with it. And then as I was sort of studying for, uh, so it's like the gamset, it's for to get into medical school. I was like, why am I doing this, right? Really what I'm interested in is food. Mm. And, and so then thought, well let me go into nutrition. 
Uh, and I really had no idea what I was getting myself in for. And so I went on a four-year program into nutritional therapy in the UK, which is a combination of nutrition, functional medicine, and, and therapy. I mean, what a combo. You would think that that would be the go, like the go-to combination. They all tie in together. Yes, they do. They do. So, so the founding father of that had this forethought of that's what was, what was needed. So he realized that nutritionists were, they were fine at dictating what a particular protocol was, mm-hmm. but then not very good in the coaching aspect of that. And the, the founding father came from a psychology background mm-hmm. and also had an outpatient facility for people with mental health disorders because they were aware then of how powerful food was in terms of influencing the, the mind. And this was in the early 2000s when I, when, when I did this. So really, really quite pioneering. And, and um, I absolutely loved, I absolutely loved the program. And, and I don't know how much of a vision I had other than this, I was sort of drawn into this. And what happened though, once I got into the program, I realized I didn't care so much about food and skin because it was very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was like, let's just eat a, a plant-based diet, not a plant-exclusive diet, but a plant-based diet. I was like, that's boring. Mm-hmm. And I uh, was much more fascinated with the mind and the body, probably because of that, that psychology piece coming in. Yeah. Uh, and I was always interested in, in fat loss because I had struggled with my own body image well, since I was 12 and, and wanted some answers because I was constantly off and on a diet and it would work and then it wouldn't work and I could only stick to a diet for three days and then I'd fall off and, you know, it had all the shame attached to it. So, you know, I'm like most, unfortunately, like most women out there, we have yeah, this. It sounds very familiar. <laughs> um, um, and, and, you know, once I got into that, it, it's, it's, it's very complex weight loss. It's certainly not calories in, calories out. It's a, it's a, it's a metabolic process and there's, there's more of the emotional piece than, than we give credit to the, to the fat loss picture. Um, so, you know, that was sort of my first inroads into nutrition and, and, and psychology. Um, and, and, and then sort of change in my own life. I moved to New York and, and then established a practice there. And I just kept layering and layering and layering things into it. And after 12 years, I've been a practice for 12 years, but probably in about the eighth year, I realized that there were these very um, distinct personality types and behaviors that would lead to these physical body uh, influences. And, and then that's when I came up with the archetypes, which was like, oh, well, there, there are four types of females here and the way that they think starts to dictate their diet and their physical body because the physical body is influenced principally through various hormones but also through, through, through the mind. And, and then that's when the archetype, the archetype model came into concept. And, and as you know from reading the book, it, a, a part of it is the diet, but it's, it's significantly greater than that. Mm, I mean, so much. Which archetype emerged first? Well, they all came into being. So when I started to look at it, it I know I had more. And then I just streamlined it into, into that there were actually four. Um, and I, I actually don't remember like where the other ones were. I was, I don't, I don't remember. I may have split the femme fatale into, into a number of them. Mm. Um, simply because the positive aspect of the femme fatale is so distinctly different from when she's out of balance and they often don't feel familiar to one another. Mm. Um, but, but I, but now that I have created this model, it's very clear to me that there are four. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't split it any other way. 
Right. I'm sure you've gotten to know them all too, like friends <laughs> after writing about them and, and yeah, seeing them in real people. Yeah. And, and really, when I was testing the model, I did test it on my friends. Yeah. So, so, and, and that intimate knowledge of my friends uh, became part of that basis of going into the archetype model as well as my, my client's demographic, because with a model, you want to make sure it's very robust. Like my demographic was principally New York based and I needed to be, I needed to have it beyond New York. Ah. Otherwise you start to get, you can't generalize then, right? It's like, this is what applies to a New York demographic. And that's, and we don't want that. We want a model that's much more robust than that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when I was looking through, and I guess we should, for the listeners who haven't picked up the book yet, which I highly recommend you do, it's a fun read and it's, I mean, fun is relative, of course. I love this stuff because it's it's learning about yourself. It's approaching it from a different angle. I mean, yeah, we I have certainly dealt with that whole, but this diet worked before. Why is it not working now? And like getting the mindset piece right at the same time, the food, the fitness piece, it all feels sometimes so overwhelming, especially if you are an entrepreneurial woman or you're, you know, a career professional, you're moving up in the world. So set the scene for, for the four, and then I'll say which, uh, which one I'm pretty sure everybody listening is here. Yeah. And, and what, and on that, the reason why I created the architects was really to simplify things mm-hmm. because we are overwhelmed. And yeah. the way that I want women to think about food is very simplistic. It's like, mm-hmm. here's my formula. Oh, this is the way that I need to be eating. And then the only time they're thinking about food is, oh, where do I get the food from? Rather than what should I be doing? And should I try this diet? Or should, oh I my gosh. Or should I, what should my macros be? And should I be intermittent fasting? It's like, no, like here's the <sighs> that works. Right. And, and so you take that, you take that uncertainty away. Yeah. So that, so then going into the four archetypes, the first archetype is the wonder woman, which is, that's you. And that's, that me. is me. And I'm pretty sure that's most of the people listening right now. <laughs> and, um, so the wonder woman bases her sense of self-worth on achievement and success. So that's the root of it. Where do you base your self-worth from? Mm-hmm. Because from that, you're going to have a set of behaviors to support that. So you are going to be like really dedicated, wanting to excel because that makes you feel good. That's where, that's where you get rewarded. And, and then that's going to cause a surge in cortisol. And that cortisol will then cause, first and foremost, abdominal fat around the belly. And if you don't catch it then, then it will go on and cause, you can cause insomnia, constipation, adrenal issues, thyroid issues, and, and, and so forth. Um, I like it when there is a little bit of vanity because we can stop and look at our body and start to read what's going on. So you can catch it there. It's like, oh, okay, I don't like this body fat here. It's okay. When what? you find yourself only wearing dresses <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of facing the jean button not going where it is. Yes. Start to look at the physical body first and, and not be ashamed of it. Instead, you go, you it's an inquiry into what's going on. Oh, that's cortisol. Okay, so I what's happening in my own life? Like, am I not taking enough time for myself to be because I'm in the pursuit of excellence with my career? So that's a typical issue with the Wonder Woman. Okay, so that's the, the Wonder Woman. Then there's the um, the nurturer, and the nurturer sources her sense of self worth from giving to others. So she's very kind and compassionate, 
On the downside is that she will prioritize other people's needs over her own. Her boundaries get a little leaky. And part of that is because she feels really good giving to others. And there's a childhood reason why that's the case um, with all of these archetypes, actually. So I really go into that in a lot of details because we have to sort of reparent ourselves in a way. Yes, yes. And, and, and so with the nurturer, if you're giving and giving and giving, well, then what happens with the nurturer's personality type is she tends to comfort eat because there's no one, there's no one nourishing her. And so that comfort eating then leads to a spike in insulin. And then over time it changes the estrogen levels. And so she tends to store body fat on her um, lower body and, and sort of all over because insulin causes body fat storage all over and estrogen on the, on the lower body. So that's the, that's the typical body shape there. But just on that note, it's not, it's not always the case. There are outliers. So I would rather somebody look at determine their appetite through where you're sourcing the self-worth from because that's the, that's the real root of it. There's just, a, there's just a strong correlation with the body types because of the hormones. Then the uh, femme fatale, the femme fatale sources her self-worth from, from looks, from her appearance. And, um, with her, there's a really wonderful side where she can be wonderful and sensual and very feminine. And then when she's out of balance, she's completely obsessed with her body and she's either seeking validation or she's like, like, like completely covering herself up and, and withdrawing. Um, and again, this is a, this is a, um, a pattern from childhood where she is, it believes that if she's more beautiful, then she's more valuable. Now, most, we all want to be beautiful. Right, but this is a very specific archetype where if she walks into a room and she doesn't feel like the prettiest woman in the room, then her self-worth just plummets. Mm -hmm. right, so if that's not you, you're not the femme fatale. Right. I feel like there's probably a decent amount of those types in LA where we both live. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, there is. Now, what's when I've uh, you can actually go online and do the archetype test and the the split here with the archetype test, it's principally Wonder Woman, Nurture is next, Ethereal is next, which is the fourth one, which we'll come on to. And the Femme Fatales are actually the last. Mm. So again, that could just be the group that's coming to my website to do it. But and then, but that is also what I see, that the Femme Fatales are, are, are less than the other archetypes, which is really positive because the the fixation on, on a physical body, to me, is a relic from, yeah. you know, pre-feminist, pre like the 1960s, 1970s feminist movement where, uh, where it really was that the, that the more attractive you were, sort of the more likely that you were to you know, meet a man that would support you financially because you didn't have the ability to be able to support yourself. Like we've completely ripped up that model. Right, it so was a survival I, tactic. Yes, yes, it really was a survival tactic. So I'm, 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 I'm really pleased to see that the femme fatale is sort of down the bottom here. Yeah. However... <laughs> What's also happened is that the other archetypes have cut the femme fatale off, right? We're all, we have all of these four archetypes within ourselves. And the, the femme fatale, when she's balanced, again, is very feminine and sensual and receptive and fun and playful. And, and often we've disowned her because, because it's the, like, well, I, well, I'm the smart girl, right? I want to be valued as a typical wonder woman. I want to be valued for my brains. And we see it out there. We see it out there all over social media. It's like, well, let's just put the femme fatale in this box and we'll just judge her. And it's like, whoa, 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 no, we don't. Right? Totally we understand right. where her own weakness is and we don't cut it off within ourselves. 
So for most of the other architects, they need to bring that the bring the the, the positive aspect of the femme fatale back into their own life. I'll just oh, I'll finish on the fourth. <laughs> so the fourth is the ethereal, and so the ethereal is is less about where she sources her self worth from, but it's more that that she's this very intuitive, hypersensitive woman, and very spiritual, and and for her. She's often being rejected by by society because she was considered woo woo and weird and different, and and so for her, she she learnt to go into that inner world a little bit more, um, and to become this more creative type of type of woman. She could also mask though as a femme fatale or a Wonder Woman because that's really what's valued by society, which is the success and and, and the beauty. So to get this acceptance, she can she can cut herself off, and that's not a great place to be because her true essence is this very free spirited woman. And and so so with the ethereal, the downside to that is she can feel displaced, very anxious, very airy. And not not grounded and find can find it difficult to move through life with some flow, even though her natural way of being is very fluid and rhythmic. Mm. And so, in, in a nutshell, they're all of the four archetypes. And you, what happens is that you have a dominant one, like you know where you source your self worth from. Yes, there are pieces of the other ones because they're supposed to be, but the dominant one is really where the blind spots are. And and the reason I developed the archetypes was so that you could identify these blind spots to change them. Because if we try to change the physical body purely on the physicality we're not going to get there so let's say it's the wonder woman and, and maybe she's got some some body fat and some adrenal issues and thyroid issues if you're simply just working on well let's change the diet put some supplements in and maybe we'll do a little bit of meditation well it's like walking up an escalator backwards <sighs> you don't actually change the core of it that is how it feels. <laughs> yeah, so it's like always I've got this massive to-do list and I can't even write a to-do list because I'm too busy, right? <laughs> it's, like, it's like that. And, and oh my God, I haven't eaten again. It's three or four o'clock and I haven't had lunch. Are you spying on me? <laughs> I'm going to do intermittent fasting because I heard that it makes you actually lose the weight. And you know what? I never eat breakfast anyway, so I'm going to do that. And that just stresses her out even more because the adrenals are tapped out. And you know, there's this whole little cycle. I feel personally seen right now. <laughs> And really, that's what that's what I wanted to do with the book. Like I've I've listened to over three thousand yeah. stories from women to understand where this is coming from. Like, and I want women to feel really seen because well, often we don't. Right? Often yeah. we don't fully talk about these things. Yeah. And Man. Okay. Well, there's a lot there. Um, I mean, I, I will say this. Yeah. When I was reading the book it, and you know, when you're taking a quiz, we all know that we can like manipulate it to get the answers we want. But truly I was like, no, be, be open Bailey. Like, of course you, you think you identify with Wonder Woman because I mean, why wouldn't you? I think to your point about femme fatale kind of being shunned almost by society these days, because we are more than our looks. We are more than our bodies. Yes. There's a lot of body positivity, but to your point, she's been kind of pushed aside and pushed out because it, it, even me in high school, I remember I never wanted to be on homecoming court. I never wanted to do any of that because I wanted to be class president. I wanted people to, <laughs> to appreciate me for my brain, not because of some factor outside of my control. However, in my late twenties, I was married early twenties and got a divorce at 25. And then that second half of my twenties, I very much leaned into the femme fatale for the first time in my life. And it was one of the more empowering times of my life. I wasn't so goal-oriented and career-focused. I was just 
living my best damn life and, you know, being out there and meeting people and feeling very good in my body. And what's funny about that is that was not when I was in the best shape, but I had the most body positivity at that time because I was just leaning into who I was as a, as a physical person. And that felt really good. And, you know, it's interesting, all of these archetypes, probably with the exception of the nurturer for me, um, I feel like I've dipped into at various points. And before that made me feel like, well, gosh, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not, you know, solidly one of them, but it makes sense. They all live within us. And perhaps when they're all in balance is when things actually are easy or go well, or at least aren't walking backwards up an escalator like it feels most days. You're absolutely right. So that is the goal there is to bring in all of the four archetypes Mm -hmm. so that you can draw on those attributes and personality behaviors in the appropriate moment. So it's, I want you to bring in the nurture aspect. Mm -hmm. Like that would be the balance for you as the Wonder Woman. And and again, that's, that can be the part that the Wonder Woman has discarded because it's compassionate and soft and and kind. And the Wonder Woman is very much, I'm assertive and I'm driven and I'm out there. And so she often forgets that, that, that piece. Mm -hmm. This is also why Wonder Woman um, mothers start to feel a little more complete because the nurturing aspect just naturally comes from within them. Yeah. Um, And so it's, it's interesting to, to, to understand that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I I could see that. Definitely. I mean, we're, I'm like, you know, within a year off of having kids. And I think there's some, something inside of me that sort of knows that putting almost the wonder, allowing the wonder woman and the nurturer to almost like work uh, side by side, well, should be a very powerful combo for parenting. You know, you've got the ambition, but also the soft, you know, nurturing side that really hasn't had a chance to come out very much. Yes, it, it will be. And it's not as though they need to be intermingled either. It can be that at certain times you take these attributes. So if you're, a, let's say you're a working mother, then then you're going to keep the Wonder Woman when you go into the office. Sure. And, then, um, and then when you get home, then you may be bringing in more of a nurturing aspect for your children. And then you transition into a little bit more of that central compatible when you're with your partner. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that's the way that you, you manage that. And then you bring the ethereal piece in, which is that more intangible free spirited mm-hmm. way. And going back to you as the femme fatale in your, in your late twenties and, and you noticing that it was more of the energetics that was attractive. And that's absolutely, absolutely accurate. And that's where the ethereal really comes in to help the femme fatale because she's mm-hmm. less focused on the physical body and it's more about the energetic body. Oh, interesting. Well, and I feel like this rise in self-care and meditation and mindfulness, which definitely I think that has softened my Wonder Woman a lot within the last even year. Mm-hmm. Um, the ethereal part, I would think, was never part of my being, uh, at least in my 20s. And now at 34, I'm like, no, I actually, I can't survive without that piece of me because it's very heady otherwise. And I kind of, you know, although ethereal, yeah, I totally get that it's kind of more woo and it's in the clouds, but it also for me, perhaps the flip side or the good side of it is it does help me feel very grounded in my very chaotic, busy life. Well, you've got Wonder Woman who's very intellectual mm-hmm. and, and the balance for that is the ethereal intuition. Mm-hmm. So it is very grounding and vice versa. If you're an ethereal, it's like you need to bring in more structure and more intellect to have you grounded. I have a friend of mine who's, who's very ethereal and 
when she would converse with me on business matters, I would get this really long email. And like, we're friends. Like, just write me a two-sentence you know, two sentence paragraph. Get to the point. I don't, I don't need all this. It's one of the one-on-one where I'm like, give it to me fast. Yeah. Right? No time for this. Uh, like, I can't read this. Are you crazy? And then I, when I understood that she was a ther- an ethereal, I was like, oh, right, you need this. Yeah. You need to feel really grounded and structured. And so I was just, I was like, oh, okay. Right, you're not being a, uh, being a bother because that's why I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, right, come on. Right. <laughs> you just hit on one of my biggest pet peeves, long emails. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> we don't have time for this. And, and I know we haven't sort of spoken about the dietary aspect, but you know, every one of these archetypes has a particular diet because they're rebalancing those hormonal aspects. And so we'll look at this, this sort of on the extreme here. The nurture is at one end and the ethereal is at the other end. Mm. And the ethereal like needs a lot more carbohydrates, like starchy carbohydrates, like legumes and lentils and squash and like macro bowls to like keep her really grounded. If she starts following this paleo type of diet or a raw diet, she's like really up in the air. So mm. start to influence the energetics with her and just sort of keep her grounded. But that is the opposite for my nurture archetype who is very insulin dominant, meaning she's very sensitive to carbohydrates. Mm. And so she needs to be the opposite, right? She needs to have things that don't contain many carbohydrates at all because it exacerbates the insulin response. And rather to have principally more of a, a lighter protein like fish and eggs and hemp, so like that type of diet with a lot of vegetables. What I see though is the flip happening. And what happens is the nurturer, who's very kind and compassionate, doesn't want to eat animals. And so she'll start to follow a vegan diet with a lot more like oh, wow. There's not too many carbohydrates for the body. And so therefore gets really frustrated because and because she's not seeing these fat loss results that she would expect because she's looking at the ethereal going, but she's skinny. Right? Why 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 can't I eat this? <sighs> and then the ethereal is following more of a paleolithic diet because she's got microbiome issues. And so she's been told to come off all the grains and then that's just making her anxiety worse. And if she's come off the legumes because her body's not digesting the legumes well. And so it's just this mismatch here. Mm. Right? And I really go into the book as to how to resolve that, how to resolve the gut microbiome issues and how to resolve the insulin resistance. And then you have the femme fatales and the Wonder Woman sort of in the middle where, where the Wonder Woman, who's not as extreme in her health issues as the nurturer because she's got more boundaries. So her body can actually tolerate more carbohydrates than the, than the nurturer, but less than the ethereal. And so it's a nice middle ground. And then the femme fatale is often so restrictive on fruit and carbohydrates that, that she's downregulated her metabolism to such a, a low level that she just is frustrated. Like for her, there's not that much weight loss happening. She's like, but I'm eating like this sort of thousand calorie diet. Okay. And you actually need to, we actually need to restore the metabolism by adding in more of these very supportive and nourishing foods. And so this is, this is, so you really start to understand, okay, what type of diet should I be following for my particular body and then also my personality type? Gosh, I know. There's just so many things. I mean, I think this is the first time I've ever read the concept of eating for a personality type versus a body type or versus a blood type or versus a, you know, all of these types. Um, and I've looked at so many of them and and back to your earlier point, like I, you know, when I was in college, I did the South Beach diet for the first time 
and lost like 20 pounds. And granted, you know, as a 19 year old, I was eating like complete garbage and I hadn't really ever had to feed myself before. So I was, it was bad. It was like Velveeta shells and cheese, like more than once a week, regular soda, just, you know, God, I think now I'm like, how was I only that weight? Um, and that worked really beautifully for me for about like six, seven years, but it also taught me to fear fruit. It taught me to fear sugar of any kind, carbs of any kind. And then in my, you know, late twenties, when I went to go do it again, because things creep back up and suddenly you're like, wait, how did I get back to that weight? Um, it didn't work this time, you know, and I, then I moved on to whole 30, which was beautiful for a while that stopped working too. And then you're like, well, gosh, maybe I should do the intermittent fasting and maybe I should, you know, and, and it's, it's, it, when you are a wonder woman too, and I know so many of my listeners are entrepreneurs, you feel like you can't add another thing to your plate. Like, you know, not even actually, um, it's, it's just feels like too overwhelming. And I, one of the first things that tipped me off in the book that I might be a wonder woman was she, she leans into the glass of wine at the end of the day to relax. And I'm like, Oh Lord, if that isn't me and every one of my friends, I don't know what is. Cause it's like that whole, well, I just, I deserve it. Or I only ate once today. Cause I forgot to eat the rest of the day. Like I'm just going to drink my calories, you know? So <laughs> what really is I'm so stressed and the only I'm way so to myself off is actually to have a glass of wine. Cause otherwise I'm going to feel guilty about not going back to my emails. Yeah, exactly. And the food behaviors are, are really how I came about developing the archetypes. So that was the root of it to say, well, what's behind all of this? And then I realized that that was the same way you source your self-worth from. And so for me, I look at people's food behaviors to understand what it actually means. Mm-hmm. And then the Wonder Woman don't want to give up the glass of wine and they will totally justify the dark chocolate at the end of the evening. I'm like it's got polyphenols and surely I can have it. I can have it. Everything in moderation. Oh, the justification is there. Wonder <laughs> Woman brilliant at and it's like well that's that's fine right but you're creating a habit and if you're really resistant to taking it out then you're using it in a way that it's not designed which is just as a nourishment and so you want to want to have a look at it so it's like if i need to reward myself why what is going on in my life where i feel like i need to reward myself like where am i not taking enough time for myself yeah and then so like the the nurturer is just more of a comfort eater and she's a convenience eater and so for her, her, let's say the morning is completely chaotic. Like there's so much going on and she's not asking me for help. So she's doing everything. And so it's like, I don't have enough time to make myself a smoothie. So she races out the door and then she's like grabbing, grabbing a muffin on the way to work. Like yeah. a muffin. And it's cause it's like, if I don't get, I'm going to be, I'm going to starve. Uh, cause there's also a mentality with the nurturer that she isn't going to starve. Mm. Isn't, isn't the case. But it's like, I need to make sure that there's food around me. Um, <laughs> to be so able- again, just survival tactics exactly. left over from days long gone, but they're still buried within us. Yes, that's right. That, 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 and that very much the nurture is stuck in that survival mode with, with the food there. Mm. And then the, the femme is very much a restrictive eater and then a, and then an overeater. And she's very much oscillates off in the on there. And the ethereal tends to forget to eat because she can just be caught up in this, in this very creative space yeah. or she, because she's very sensitive to her environment, she, environment, she can find herself numbing herself with the food. And often people will confuse the nurturer and the ethereal. They're distinctly different and, and they're both hypersensitive. 
Mm. And the nurturer is hypersensitive because of her childhood, because there may have been some type of emotional neglect, whether there, or there was an alcoholic or somebody with some mental health issues or somebody was sick in the family. And so she then becomes hypersensitive to her environment by trying to not make anything worse in the home. Mm. And, and the ethereal, that's not the case. She was basically born sensitive to everybody else's surroundings. And the, the difference is that the nurture will take responsibility for people's feelings. Mm. And the ethereal just like, I have no idea what's going on, right? It's just know what's hers and what's everybody else's. So there's, there's often some confusion, but they're at the opposite end of the spectrum. But they're both highly sensitive. Right. So interesting. Okay, so what do we do about it? We met, you mentioned some of the ways that you can kind of flip the behavior incorporate different foods for different types, but talk to me about the six R's. That's the six R's. Yeah. That's our reprogramming process. And that requires you to go back, delve back into childhood and to look at the memories behind your archetype. So if you're a wonder woman, it's understanding why did you create the imprint that you needed to be successful to, to get attention. So it might have been that you came from a family that really encouraged that and your father or mother was successful and you felt like you needed to pattern that. Um, or it's the opposite of that where you didn't grow up in that environment and maybe there was some type of poverty there or something and you're like, hell no, I'm not staying in this environment. Like I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to be, I'm going to be smart and there's no way I'm coming back to this type of life. Like it's often something like that. Um, or, or, uh, I'll just leave it with the one woman, otherwise it'll, it'll take too long to get through them all. So it's like, what are those experiences and what are those observations that you have from childhood? And then, and then because they're viewed through the lens of a child, they're very emotional mm-hmm. and, and they're quite triggering for you. And so you put these patterns in place to avoid that type of pain that you felt as a child. And so we often need to go back in and reinterpret some of those memories um, because they are just, just incomplete. Mm. And, and so this is the basis of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. It was like reaching, reaching, like changing the core memories, like looking at it through a different perspective. Mm. And, and often I, people go back and talk to the parties involved if they, if they're still alive, if they're still in touch with that person today, they just get a, a greater perspective and, and then it's releasing it. So then we need to energetically release it because that emotion is trapped in the body. And for many of my clients that emotion is trapped in the fat cells um, obviously there's no research to support that, but I've, I've been in practice for 12 years and I just see that when you release the emotional aspect in tandem with the diet, the weight just falls off. So, so and just as an example of that, I had a, a, a woman who I'm working with who's 70 years old, who's a femme fatale. And, um, she just said to me yesterday, she's like, I cannot believe it. Like I have lost 14 pounds. And, and she said, this was never coming off. And, and she said, I, I am an absolute advocate of that, that the emotions are stuck in the fat cells because she's been doing the, she's been following the diet at the same time, doing huge release. And it's just like falling off her. Whereas when she's 70 years old, she's been like trying to get this weight off. She's just like 12 years old. I mean, I'm sure also that, that particular archetype femme fatale must be very difficult to age with just yeah. emotionally, you know, not, not having your body to be your number one trait anymore. Yes, and so that's why we want to change the childhood yeah. patterns to know that that you're not worthy because of your looks. Like you are valuable because of everything that else that 
which is there, just your presence. Yeah. And that's, that's where we want to go back in and change them. And then we're going to release them. And so there's techniques in the book as to how you actually release them. EFT and breath are my, my two favorite tools. Mm. And, and then we get into the, the rewiring of the brain. So how to change that, how to change the habits. Um, often the habits just uh, go away. So once you, because there's coping strategies for all of those childhood patterns here, and then it's, and then it's, we restore. So you, when you no longer have this belief that you are valuable on an external factor, whether it's look, success, giving to others, or sort of how intuitive or different you are, then you have all this space to be able to layer in the positive attributes of all the other archetypes. So like if you're a wonder woman, you bring in that sensual femme fatale, you bring in that very free spirit of intuitive ethereal, and you bring in that really compassionate, kind, nurturing aspect to yourself. Right? That then becomes, you then become a whole woman. Hmm. It's not a quick process, but it's a process and it's a complete process. Hmm. Because along the way, the physical body is changing as well. Which always gives motivation to keep going. <laughs> yes, yes. And so uh, for me, the core of it is what's happened in childhood. Like, like That's hmm. the core of it. And unless you address that, you're going to be too fixated on the physical body and too fixated on the diet and the exercise. And you know, all of those are very important, but they're not, it's not complete. You yeah. Have- have to look at that and because my background's in functional medicine functional medicine is all about getting to the root of what the issue is hmm. not always biochemical right the the spiritual emotional aspect is often at the root of it like we now we now know this as there's more than enough scientific research out there to show how uh, how your childhood can actually influence the physical body. And one of those studies is the ACE study. And the ACE study which is adverse childhood experiences is looks at what happens in under the age of 18 and then influences the, the physical body. And what they discovered is that if you have four ACEs, four childhood, uh, adverse childhood experiences, your risk of an autoimmune disease goes up by 60%. Wow. And, and there's a whole host of other things, but it's, it's, it's really significant. The, the influence of, of childhood and the influence of those emotions. Man, I feel like we spend the rest of our lives after age 18 just undoing things that happened, you know, in those short 18 years, but they're so impactful. I mean, and we, I think, you know, we are definitely, this, this book is in the perfect time uh, to receive it because I think we're starting to finally get that mind-body connection more now so than ever. Yes, I, 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 I do know that. And I also know that had it been, had it come out a year earlier, it wouldn't have been as well received as mm. when it came out today because we're just, we're just much more open into to seeing that, that full connection there. Like we're, we're more open to seeing, the, to understanding the intangible aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, and, and that is a very positive piece and that's why I'm, you know, and of course knowing and doing are different things. And I think that's, that's where I am personally with this, um, with this diet and this, this, the six R's and everything. It's like, okay, now I need to actually do the work, not just know it, but actually put it into practice and make that time because it is such a long game. Like this is not a short term, you know, lose 20 pounds situation. It really is a getting your mind and your body right so that you can keep being that wonder woman. You know, otherwise you're going to get knocked down by an illness and be out for weeks, which is like death for us, <laughs> you know, death of the ambition. That's, that's exactly what happens, right? Yeah. If you just keep going and keep going and keep going, you will wake up one morning and your body will be so exhausted. You can't get out of bed. 
I mean, and that has happened multiple points in my life where it'll be like hardcore going for like six months. And then my body just says, you know what? You're on the sidelines. Sorry, we're going to knock you out. There's nothing, whether it's in a migraine or it's some kind of, you know, flu-like symptoms or just pure exhaustion, not being able to get out of bed. And so, yeah, I, I know better. We all know better. And yet can't help it. Well, yeah, the book really gives a map for all of that yeah. as to, to how to go in and change their sorts and therefore change those behaviors and eat in a way that's very nourishing. None of it's difficult um, at all. Um, and, and when people read the book, they're like, oh my God, wow, this finally makes sense. Yeah. And, and that's what I wanted. I wanted uh, people to go back to the Somebody had said to me, they keep the, the book like really close to the bedside. And when they're feeling a little, you know, unstable, they like flip through it. <laughs> yeah. I know mine's on my Kindle, like always close. And I think I'm in the phase of, okay, let's do this. Let's actually put this into practice and see how things change. Um, and so I, I mean, I'm thank you so much for this book because I do feel so seen and I know for the wonder woman types, especially those that are listening, we just need a plan. We just yes. need a plan and we can execute a plan like nobody's business. Yes, you can. <laughs> that is part yes, of it. Well, do, do the work because it is, it really works. Ah, well, thank you so much, Donna, for the book and for being here and sharing all of this great wisdom with us. We all so very much appreciate it. Thanks, Bailey. Okay. Have a good one, guys.